want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. We would really love it too if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy the message today. Yeah, kind of excited about Camp Crossfire, but this will be the very first year I am not the camp speaker. Yeah, oh, quit. You're not even going to it. Uh, we're just making a shift, and the reason why is because I'm headed to the mountains to go finish the book that I'm uh, working on, and when I come back, I will not come back without it being completed, okay? And uh, it's going to really be a key uh, part of us going into 2020. I can't tell you what it's about yet, but I will tell you this. It's going to be the very heart of where we're going for 2020, and I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked about it. There is nothing more intimidating than, than writing a book. I don't know how Heather does it, okay? And let me tell you why. Try putting your heart on a piece of paper, and then somebody looks at it and, and judges it grammatically. And, and, and I'm like, hey, forget the spelling, forget the commas. Did you not see what I wrote? I'm the kid that was in, that was in school that would turn in a paper and would walk away and, and just, just tell the teacher, you're welcome, as I'm walking away. To then get it back, and I swore she didn't even read it. She just judged it. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's do something here today. Take your Bibles, and I want you to go to 2 Kings chapter 19. Oh, excuse me, 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, today, uh, the exciting part about it, the, these messages last week, this week, and next week is that we're not in a series. We're in wherever... God wants to go. It's, it's spontaneous. It's, it's raw. It's straight from the heart. I, um, these are messages that I've always wanted to preach, but I didn't have a series for them to go into. Um, if, if I was going to pick a time to come to church, it would be during these times because these are those, those little nuggets of gold, those little nuggets that we've been sitting on and stewing on and thinking about and, and praying about. And today, I'm very excited about today. I'm very excited for every person in the room that feels like you feel called to do something, but you don't know what to do next. Okay? I feel like I'm supposed to do something, but I don't know what to do next. Okay? And so for our scripture today, an opening, this is a great story that you have to see. We know the end. We know the relationship between Elijah and Elijah. We know what happens with the two of them, the great prophets they are. But there's a meeting point in the middle that you have to pay attention to and you have to see the details. And it has everything to do with many things you see in Scripture. But this one points out the best of what we're trying to accomplish today. Are you ready? Here's the story. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. It says, So Elisha, okay, went from there and found, oh, excuse me, Elijah went from there and found Elisha, okay, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. 
Elisha then left his ox and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come, to, for, I will come with you. Go back, Elijah said. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. You ready? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. There are people in this room, I, I can't see their face, but you have put a love in my heart for them. Listening on podcast, listening online right now, in this very room and in three services to come. They're somewhere and they want to be somewhere else. Maybe this is locational. Maybe it's a goal. Maybe it's a, a health issue. Perhaps it's, it's uh, emotional. Perhaps it's, it's uh, spiritual. Wherever it is, Jesus, today I pray that this message would show them how they make a decision to get to the next place of victory and how they're going to get there. Lord, we love you, we trust you, and thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's a few things you've got to pay attention to this story. It's a few things a lot of people forget. When you think of Elijah and Elisha, you think of two great, awesome men of God. And they really were. In fact, the story of Elijah and Elisha was that Elijah was a powerful prophet who truly brought the word of the, of the Lord and signs and miracles followed wherever he went. I mean, come on. If you're going to do the work of the Lord, those are two big things you want. The word of the Lord to come and sign and, and miracles to follow. That's a big deal. But Elijah discipled or trained or mentored Elisha, okay? And Elisha did twice as many words of the Lord and signs and miracles as Elijah did. That's pretty impressive. And it shows you the multiplying factor of what God does in people, okay? But there's a few things you have to pay attention to. One thing you have to pay attention to, they weren't born in the ministry, not, at least not Elijah. You see here very specifically, he was a farmer, and a lot of people forget this. Uh, you know what it's like to be a farmer. You have a day job. You have something going on. Your life is busy. You have made commitments. He has the very same thing going on in his life. However, his life was interrupted. Right. Interrupted. Your life, I pray, is interrupted. I, I don't pray that you take the course I take. I, I pray that you don't take the course Heather took. I pray that you take the course that God has for you. But we've all got to pay attention to something really big. His life was interrupted and there was a major shift that took place in his life. And there's some details that took place that you have to recognize that he went from a farmer to speaking life over his community in ministry. Okay, this is a major shift. And there are some major shifts, not necessarily ministry, like you're going to go start a ministry, but what are the shifts that God is asking you to make that will literally change and define your life for the rest of your life? Where do you go from here is a great question. Some of the things you have to pay attention in this story is, not only was he a farmer, but he had to leave where he was to chase after a place that he knew God wanted him to be. And, and if some fascinating things take place in the whole process of leaving and going and leaving and being in that he 
decided that the best course of action was to kill the very ox that he was driving and why don't we just go ahead and burn the plow so that there's nothing to go back to so that we can only go forward in being who God wants us to be. That's pretty spectacular. But to be even more specific in this, what is he slaughtering the ox and burning the plows for? To follow Elijah. Elisha. Elijah. To follow Elijah. This is what today is all about. Today, we're going to be talking about the great mentor-protege relationships found in Scripture. You see Moses and Joshua, Jethro and Moses, Deborah and Barak. You see Paul and Timothy. What a great story of a father-son relationship. And they weren't even related. But they were so close, he considered him his son in the Lord. You see, Saul, who became Paul, only because of Barnabas that was in his life. You see, Elizabeth and Mary. You see, Naomi and Ruth. And not to mention one of the greatest mentor-protege relationships of all time, Jesus and the twelve disciples who watched him do everything he did. And then in time, Jesus said, I did miracles, but you will do far more than me. All because of the relationship. You saw me do this, and you know that I am now living inside of you. My spirit now dwells inside of you. And this is something so cool to see that everyone in this room that considers themselves a follower of Christ Jesus is a direct descendant of 12 disciples who were a part of Jesus' life here on this earth. In all reality, think about that. How did you find Jesus? It came from someone. How did they find Jesus? It came from someone who told them. On and on and on and on and on until you can trace it all the way back to 12 disciples following one Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you about a key word, discipleship. Okay? And I... I was told I have to have good penmanship today. But I want you to know that a lot of times in our meetings, I just nod my head and agree knowing full well it's impossible. Okay? <laughs> Discipleship is a key part of what we're talking about today. Now, maybe this word intimidates you. Maybe you've never heard this word before. But this is a key part of you becoming everything God wants you to be. Would you agree with that? Discipleship is huge. In fact, let me just tell you a real quick story on me. Discipleship was such a major part of my 180 turnaround. I knew Jesus, but I didn't know what it meant to follow Jesus. And it was at West Texas State University on the fourth floor of Jones Hall that I knew I needed to be discipled. Okay? I had been pastored. I'd been taught. But discipleship was this teaching and training that would take me to places that I never could have gone by myself. It was there that I left college and I went to Phoenix, was discipled. And today, that discipleship is still in me. It's the foundation of everything that I am as a pastor. All good things that you see in my life now took place from the discipleship that happened many, many years ago when I was 18, 19 years old in Phoenix. Discipleship. But I want to be even more specific today. When it comes to discipleship, there are two key things that we're talking about. We're talking about counseling. Did I, did I do it right, Heather? Okay, we're talking about disciple. We're talking about counseling, and we're talking about coaching. Okay? Now, these two words don't pop up very often. 
Okay? Especially when we talk about discipleship. But I want to talk about them today. Because for somebody in the room, you ask the question, which one do I need more? Counseling or coaching? A lot of times in the world that we live in today, counseling is a very popular thing. I love counseling. Counseling is one of the greatest things that have happened in my life. In fact, let me just tell you real quick, there have been times as a pastor I didn't know what to do. I was hurt. I was bitter. I was angry. Uh, I love people, but sometimes people don't love you back. Okay? And you get hurt and you get burned. And, and let me just tell you how your pastor rolls. Um, when I go to a counselor, I slap my money on the counter, which means that there's a confidentiality. So if I want to cuss, you'll never know about it. Okay? <laughs> if I want to get just angry, you'll, you'll never know. There's a confidentiality where the door closes. The counseling has really been great for my mental state. It has been great for my heart. It has been great for relationships, for my marriage. Counseling is this beautiful thing. However, in the world we live in today, there is so much counseling going on, we're not talking about coaching enough. Okay? And so I want us to stop for a minute and just, just think, what are we talking about when we're talking about counseling and coaching? Uh, there are two key things that's going to help us answer the question of, do I need counseling or do I need coaching? Okay, that's a, that's a big question. For us to get the discipleship that we need, every person in this room, God is asking you to go somewhere. Perhaps you're believing God for a healing, but no one in your family has ever believed for a healing before. Right. Where do you start? Something is happening in your life and you know that there's spiritual victory, there's breakthrough that wants to take place. Do you need counseling or do you need coaching? Perhaps you want to make a difference in the world you live in. Do you need counseling or do you need coaching? Um, maybe you're raising kids, okay? And you, know, you can see, do you need counseling <laughs> or do you need coaching? Here's another one. You're married. You're married. You may be four months married. You may be four years married. You may be 40 years married. And the question I have for you today, does your marriage need counseling or does your marriage need coaching? For a lot of us, we only think the option is counseling. So what is coaching? Well, I wanna, before I answer that, I want to ask you, how do we know if we need counseling or coaching? There's two things I want you to think about. There's something called health. Okay? And there's something called, I want to make sure I get this right, direction. Okay, now, pay attention very closely. Because you're going to start paying attention, start noticing that this is super simple when it comes to figuring out where you're at and what you need, okay? And you already jumped ahead. You know what I'm about to draw up here. And I want to ask this question while you're already seeing that we're drawing a stoplight. And we all know what the green and the yellow and the red mean. And if you can't see on TV, right there in the middle is a great big yellow sign, and in fact, to help us out, brings an outline a little bit. That'll help a little bit. And the question that I have for today is, of these three health indicators in your life, green meaning you are healthy, things are great, everything is wonderful, okay? Yellow meaning, ooh, 
we see yellow signs. We see warning signs. Warning, warning, Will Rogers. Danger, danger, okay? Then we see yellow signs, warning signs. I'm not, I'm not as, as, as positive I used to be. I, I've made some poor decisions, but I've rebounded well. But why did I make the poor decision? I find myself being torn between temptation and the truth. And you see yellow signs. Oh, complete just danger zone. Stop, stop, stop. You're in complete hurt yourself danger zone. My question is, out of these three, which one do you think needs counseling? Just, th- just think about it real quick. Which one needs counseling? And now I'm going to go over here, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer this in a minute, and let's talk about direction. We use this all the time in our staff to define ministries. Is a ministry healthy, warning signs, or is it just completely unhealthy? But we always ask these questions. In the direction it's going, and I'm going to ask you in the direction you're going, are you going up, are you standing still, or are you going the wrong way? This is very important for your life because many of you can instantly know where you are health-wise. Spiritually healthy, physically healthy, emotionally healthy, relationally healthy, ministry healthy, okay? But to ask the question, which way am I going, is very important. And to not be embarrassed, to be super honest and ask, where is my marriage going? Where is my parental skills going? Where is my business going? Where is my ministry going? Where is my life going? And to answer th- th- that, are you, are, are you going somewhere? Are you headed up? Are things looking good? Are you just sitting there, just stagnant? Nothing's happening. I don't know if I'm up or down. I'm just sitting here. Or are you going the wrong way? It's like I was here and it's only gotten worse. We were here and it's only gotten worse. Okay? Finances were here, and now our finances are worse than they were. And now I want to ask you a question. Go back to the question I asked. Which one of these do you think needs counseling? Let's start with health. In your mind, I think you would probably be like me in that if, 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 you're, if you're not healthy, that's when you need counseling. Stop. The fact is, it doesn't matter where you are here. Every one of us can benefit from counseling. It's true. Now let's just think about this for a minute. You don't have to be going bad to appreciate counseling. Uh, you don't have to be having warning signs to appreciate counseling. You, you, you would think everything's going good. What I need counseling for? And the whole point of it is, if there's things that are going wrong, we need to fix them. If there's things that we find are unhealthy, now's the time to talk about them. And if things are going great, let's maintain it to make sure that we keep going the right way. Counseling benefits all of these areas. Okay? So let me ask you this. According to direction, which way are you going? Which one benefits from counseling? And and, and the fact is, is that um, these are things we're going to set aside for a minute. But this one, if you're going the wrong way, it benefits from counseling. Which means you could be super healthy, but you're going the wrong direction. We need to talk about it. You could just just be where there's warning signs, and you see things getting worse. 
we need to talk about it. Or perhaps you're just in self-destruction mode. And this could get worse than self-destruction mode. Actually, destruction mode. There's some counseling that takes place. Let me show you up on the screen. Look on the screen. These are some key factors to recognize if you need counseling. Okay? Here's what they are. Unforgiveness. Yeah. There's just some unforgiveness in your heart. You can't live the rest of your life keeping up with the energy of unforgiveness that is going to continue to take life out of you, joy out of you, peace out of you, relationships out of you. Unforgiveness, it can actually happen to any one of these healthy people. But if we're going the wrong way, it will always cause you to go this way instead of getting better. Another one, character. Uh, why in the world would we not want to take care of some character issues? Some, some issues that behind the scenes, when nobody's looking, these are things that nobody knows about, but you and God bring up to each other all the time. Why would we gain the whole world and lose our soul? And this is something we need to go talk about. Okay? Here's another one. Anger. I'm not angry. No, no, no. Listen. Anger. Anger is a fuel. But the Bible says this. Be angry. But do not sin. you got a sin problem because of the anger you have. And if we get some counseling on this, we can actually turn the anger that we have into a controllable anger which causes us to be constructive instead of destructive. But we've got to get a hold of the healing that has to take place for discipleship to work in the counseling that brings deliverance to turn this around, to turn this around, and we find health in our, ang- in our anger issues. Addiction. Addiction. Sometimes our secret sins are the very sins that is causing us to be unhealthy and we need to talk about it. Hurt. Have you ever been hurt because of a loss and it's caused depression? You can't find joy if you're always living in depression. But if we can talk about it and we can find what Jesus says about it, it can turn this around and you can find out that there is healing that can take place in your life. Does this make sense? This is the story of counseling. But today I want to have a balanced message about coaching. What do you do when you're the fisherman and Jesus does a big thing in your life but then begins to show you where you're going, not where you're at? What if you're the farmer who... Through counseling, you realize I have to kill the ox and I have to kill, I have to, I have to chop up the plow because I know me and I know I will always be drawn to go back to where it's safe and secure and everything is easy and I know that world. And the counseling makes you figure out yourself so that you can then go get the coaching to go be the protege that God has called you to be, to then be the man and the woman of God that he's called you to be. And so the question comes up, who needs coaching? And the fact is, all, you could be anywhere in here. But we want to make sure that we're going in these two directions in order to be able to go in the direction that God wants us to go. This applies to everybody who has made the turnaround. And if we've turned the arrow around, we could be standing still. 
Maybe some of you have been standing still for far too long and a coach gets you pointed in the right direction. Maybe you're going in a great direction. You're, 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 man, you're, you're killing it. You're going. Do you not think that he was a successful farmer? It said he had 12 yokes of oxen and he was driving one of them. Which means he had 11 other guys working for him. He could afford all these ox. He had built all these plows. Things were going great. But still, God wasn't done with his life yet. And even though things were going great, things were about to get even greater. And he was never known again as a great farmer. He was known as a great man of God. And for some of you in the room that says, my days are over. Maybe your days have just begun. You just haven't found the right coach yet. And when we step into coaching and realizing that part of discipleship was to change our heart, to then be able to step into the ministry, the purpose, the calling that God has called us into. This is the story of coaching. Let me give you a definition. Coaching. Someone who helps you make a plan and then do it. This is so cool because some of us can put great plans together, but you're like me. I don't want to get out of bed. Let me just tell you real quick. In my own personal life, every major growth that ever took place in my life, every great growth moment that ever took place in my life, God always had a coach alongside me. Let me give you an example. My faith really took off in high school. But I can track it back to the reason that my faith took off so strong in high school was something that the coach, Jesus, was doing in my life. That's the number one coach. But Jesus then put people in my life. I had an amazing FCA, Fellowship Christian Athlete Director, who was constantly encouraging me, constantly encouraged me to step into leadership. And, and he and she became a coach. Um, then I had Coach Cooper Henderson in my life, who was constantly encouraging me to step out in faith and be the man that God called me to be. And here's the coach, Jesus, talking to me, and he's putting coaches in my life. And that was the very thing that sent me to school and made me think about it all for a year at college. What am I going to be when I grow up? What am I going to be when I grow up? Then I left college, went to Master's Commission, and Lloyd Ziegler became a coach. And ministry direction shifted, and I knew this is what I wanted to be for the rest of my life. And Lloyd Ziegler became a coach. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't just coaching. It was pastoral. Tommy Barnett has been one of those coaches in my life. Lloyd Ziegler has been one of those coaches. You can't just be a pastor and a lone ranger. You've got to allow the coaches that God puts in your life to coach you. Don't get me started on health coaching. This time, two and a half years ago, man, I was, I was 30 pounds overweight. Man, I, I didn't feel healthy. I fought migraines. I hurt all over. And crud, I still felt young. I felt like God wasn't done with my life yet. And the voices were in my head saying, you probably got cancer. You're going to die. They're going to find you in bed one day and say, man, if he'd have just taken better care of himself. Okay? And I I started asking my friends, what are you doing? And they all said, we're going to CrossFit. You know why CrossFit has been so good for me? It's been horrible. It's the most awful thing you've ever done in your life. It's painful. I've thrown up twice. Yeah, it's gross. I probably won't say that in the rest of the services. But you know why CrossFit has been so good to me? Because you're paying someone to coach you. When I went to the gym, and you may go to the gym, and this is great, I would walk into the gym and, and just sit there and not do anything because the workout was up to me. Have you guys ever gone to the gym and not done anything because the workout was up to you? 
And you thought going to the tanning booth was considered the workout for the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. When you go to CrossFit, you walk in and on the board is the, what we're going to do today. Sometimes it takes six minutes. Sometimes it takes 20 minutes. Heather will tell you I'm, I'm there for two hours every day because the board says this and I'm doing this. I have not had a migraine. I've had one migraine in two and a half years. Wow. Yeah, one migraine in two and a half years. I've lost 28 pounds. Yeah, I, I feel good. I look horrible when I walk because I walk around like this. But people say, are you in pain? I go, oh, it's just CrossFit. Did y'all know, this is kind of fun, I don't know if y'all know this, uh, last year uh, in our huge worldwide competition, I finished our CrossFit Open top one-third of the fittest 45 to 49-year-olds 40, in the world. Wow. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I also finished ninth place in the state of New Mexico for the fittest 45 to 49-year-old in the entire state of New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, Heather? <laughs> and, but you have to ask yourself, <clears throat> is this a healing that had to take place in my life? And the answer is, not necessarily. I, my life was going in the right direction. I was telling people about Jesus. I'm leading the church. The fact is, is that Jesus was telling me there's more to your life than the unhealthiness that you're in. Yeah. And that was all the counseling I needed to realize that I needed a coach. And we turned my health around to two and a half years later, I'm a completely different person, all because the right coaches came into my life. <clears throat> we plan in days, weeks, months, and years. But we live in pivotal moments of decision making. And if you are not prepared to live in the key moments of decision-making to where you say, I need a coach or I need counseling. You miss the opportunity to change the world that you live in. Wow. Yeah. I want to close today with some questions. I want to have Fabian come up. <clears throat> here's, here's one of the questions I want to ask you. Are you tired of sitting on the sidelines? Come on, let's think about this for a minute. Have you given any thought to the thought that God has put something in your life, in your heart, in your head, that just seems like it's so far away? And what if I told you, don't think about where it is. You might need to be thinking about who's done it before. You might need to think about who has stood at the starting line that you're standing at right now. It could be spiritually. And you may think to yourself, the Bible is such an intimidating thing. Let me just tell you right now, some of the greatest people that you will ever be around spiritually to coach is the staff at Cowboy Junction Church. And I'm not talking about myself. A lot of people want to spend time with me. I'm going to tell you, I'm not, I'm not that great a coach because I'm all, I've got to lead a church, which means I need a lot of private time to hear from God. But I'll tell you this, I wouldn't want to pick me over the staff at Cowboy Junction, over the, uh, the Chris Haggards and the Jeff Kuchers and the Heather Beans and the C.G. Hardens and the Sadie uh, Blantons and, and Tori. My gosh, you, I think one of the most overlooked people that we have at this church that could disciple you and could coach you and counsel you it, it is, is uh, Tori, Pastor Tori. 
Then you, you, you've got some of the most amazing figures. I, I think they're overlooked too. Like Kelly. Kelly is an amazing individual when it comes to a coach that will not let you tell her sh you're tired. Like, no. No, we're not, you're not tired. Do you want this or do you not? And you look at her, she looks so sweet. She's a bulldog, you guys. But she's got a little buddy too named Abby. And oh my gosh, don't get both of them in the room at the same time. They're very amazing. There are people all over this church. I think Dr. Tuttle is one of the greatest individuals to just be able to sit down with and learn the, the, the incredible secrets to life. I think Jerry Bullock's another individual that I think you just stop and realize are so valuable. Dale. Dale just came out of a healing that God did in yes. his life and cancer. And why people don't take him out to eat more. Look at him. He loves to eat. <laughs> and, and to speak his love language. Dale, would you like to go eat? And, and, and Dale, do you love people, Dale? He does. And Dale would love to sit down with you and talk about what Scripture says about life and healing. Right. Yeah. There are people all in this room that they don't even realize that they're called to coaching. But our church also provides great counseling. Because until we get the heart right, we can't get the step right. Now, where are you? And are you tired of sitting on the sidelines? Let me ask you another question. <clears throat> this is very important. Are you coachable? Come on, this will preach. Can you see why today was such an important day for you to be here? Because you can want coaching, you can desire change, but the fact of the matter, until you're coachable... No one can coach you. Yeah. Yeah. You will experience pain. This is going to hurt, but I will make you this promise. In time, there is a conditioning that takes place in your head, in your heart, in your body, whatever it is you want to do, that eventually you don't look at this as painful anymore. You look at this as progress. And it actually becomes so much fun. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you guys something about CrossFit? There was a day I used to have panic attacks. I literally did every night before CrossFit. That's how much, that's how scared I was of the workout. Two and a half years into this, I look at the workout for tomorrow and used to, I couldn't. Because if I looked at the workout for tomorrow, I wouldn't show up. Come on, you've been there too, huh? And, and, and now I look at the workout for tomorrow because I can't wait I sit there in bed and I process how I'm going to do this and we have to do we have to do a hundred sit-ups and so I'm sitting there thinking if I break them into 20s five sets of 20 or you have to do upside down push-ups and if I break them into five sets of five and if I we have to run a mile and a half and if if I if I set a pace and it's this process you change yeah. and from where you're out right now it looks impossible but if I told you two years from now it's not impossible. Are you coachable? Are you coachable? <clears throat> what are the key? I looked up. What, what are the? <clears throat> what are the number one counseling coaching mistakes that take place when people reach out for counseling and coaching? And one of the key mistakes that takes place when someone reaches out for counseling or coaching is you talk way too much. Wow. I thought that was so fascinating. One of the key mistakes when you get counseling or coaching is you want to go in and tell them everything and you don't realize 
that's not being coachable. Another question. It's a great question. Where do I go from here? Well, the first thing that you do is you ask the head coach, Jesus. You stop and pause and realize that if we pursue people, we've got this completely out of whack. But when you pursue him, he will always put the people in your life. So right there where you're at, wherever you're writing, take a note. Say, where do I go from here? And, and you go, number one, okay? Ask Jesus. Ask Jesus. Where do I go from here? You ask Jesus. If you reached out and got counseling in an ad- a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or whatever addiction, rehab place, let me tell you, it's all the wrong places until you first submit to him. And then he will direct you on what counseling, what coaching takes place next. You will be amazed that once you surrender to him, how many conversations you find yourself in. And you go, how did y'all know? And you've got to realize Holy Spirit is directing everything. But you've got to submit to the number one coach. And you start asking yourself, and and this is what I want you to ask yourself. What do you want to do What do you want to make? What do you want to change? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to get to? Or what do you want to heal? And some of us haven't even thought about this. What kind of change, what kind of thing is God talking to me about right now? And once we figure this out, I want you to ask yourself this. If you could do, if you could make, if you could change, if you could accomplish, if you could get to, if you could fix, if you could heal, blank, okay? Without a coach or a counselor, wouldn't you have done it already? But but Ty, I've been working on this. How long have you been working on it? How long has this been something? How long has this been in your heart? How long? I have always wanted to write two books. There are two books on my heart. And for 20 years, I have carried these two book ideas in my heart. And like I said, it's been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So I went to the Lord, finally, after me sitting there saying, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. I finally went to the Lord and I just surrendered and I said, I can't. And I really felt like I was going downhill. And I felt like I went from, I'm going to write a book to this is harder than I thought it was going to be to, oh my gosh, I am the worst. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. This is so easy for somebody else, but I'm just a big old Artesia dumb kid. Okay. And then all of a sudden my direction started going down. And so I went to a counselor. He encouraged me. I think you're doing this wrong. It's not supposed to come from you anyway. Don't you want to die and your kids know that God gave it to you, not something you came up with by yourself? And it was just like the spark was lit again. So I went to the Father and I asked him, Lord, I just surrender all. If you want it, you're going to have to give it. If you want to show me, show me. But Lord, I just surrender all to you. And it's amazing things. Remember when Bob Goff came to, to Cowboy Junction and spoke at Cowboy Junction. He's one of the greatest authors that I love to read. Um, I, if you've ever read jo- Bob's two books, they're awesome. I love how he writes. Okay? But an amazing thing happened when he came down. 
Bob agreed to fly into Lubbock and take a two-hour drive from Lubbock to here to ride with me. And I got to ask him all kinds of questions on how he writes a book. And Bob just poured into me. And Bob was talking with his hands. And I'm driving, trying to write at the same time. And, and we're, we're, I'm just writing on that, all this stuff down. And Bob began to teach me. Then the very next thing happens. You remember Carlos Whitaker came into our life? And I was able to sit down with Carlos and ask, how do you write? And all of a sudden, my life began to shift around. And because of their coaching, direction began to take place. It's amazing how God will turn something around through counseling and coaching if you would just let Him. But notice how you haven't been able to get anywhere by doing it on your own. Yeah, yeah. So, so I just want to do something real quick. I just want to pray for you. And, and let me just ask this big question. Great big question. And you're going to have to be bold. But is there something that's in your heart? Is there something, a change that wants to take place that's going to have to be about your health? And the healing has to start playing. You've you got to have... You've got to have some help. And discipleship has to take place for your health to turn around. And I'm here in a minute. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Nobody's going to ask you what it is, but you're going to open up and, and, and express, I, I'm going the wrong direction. My heart's not right. Or maybe you're in this room and there's something that's just always been on your heart, a place you've always, always dreamt of being, something that's all, all, something that you may need to maintain, a marriage getting better, kids, raising great kids, running a godly business, whatever it may be, but there's some coaching that God's put on your heart saying, that's you, that's you, and you know this is me tapping on the door of your heart. But right now, with all boldness, if you're, if God's knocking on the door of your heart about something said in today's message, would you have the courage right there in your seat? Would you stand to your feet right now? Yeah. Right now. Good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this. This is good. Okay? Before we pray, I want you to know I've been praying for you. Before you got here, I've been praying for you. And God's about to do something in you that you can't do by yourself you're going to have to reach out and allow discipleship to take place in this new place that you're going. You ready? Father, today I pray for every person at home that's standing to their feet, in this room that's standing to their feet. And right now I pray for you, the head coach, the head counselor, Holy Spirit, the perfect counselor, Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the coach in our life, we open our life to whatever you want to do. And we confess right now, every person standing up, we can't do this by ourselves. We need you first, and we need you to bring people into our life. Father, there is healing that takes, needs to take place. There is direction that needs to be given in this room. And now, Father, I pray that you would deposit in our life the counselors and the coaches for the discipleship to take place. In Jesus' name, my prayer is for health and direction. There is great things going to come out of today's message. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. We love you and trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Our prayer team is going to meet. It's over here and over here. And they'd love to pray with you. Maybe there's just something stirring right now. There's just something stirring. And you don't want to miss out for God to do a complete work. Let's put a bow on it. And we can do that with our prayer team. While everyone's exiting, just walk up to them and say, will you pray with me for this? They would love to. Cowboy Junction, it's time for us to love God, love people, have no limits in our life. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. See you later.